I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 283 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we keep the annual tradition going and talk about our gear purchases from the past year. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we talk about what we think was one of the biggest changes in podcasting in 2023. What will that be? And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we run down some of your gear changes over the past year. Lauren, start the show now. We're glad that you haven't changed. This is Better Podcasting. We are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Welcome to episode 283 of Better Podcasting. I'm Steven, here with an in-between seasons episode with SP. It's a holiday special episode. It's like what Doctor Who does when... You know, they're in between series or any show that's on hiatus and they come back, they go, we need a holiday special. That's what we're doing. It's a holiday special. <laughs> but we are also doing this because we do it every year. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the annual tradition, the annual tradition of the gear talk, I'll just start off here and say that this is an in-between season episode because uh, this is the final Better Podcasting or Better Podcasting live chat of 2023. We're coming here with the gear episode, and then we will return in the new year with one of the shows, and uh, we'll have the whole announcement of what that schedule is going to look like soon. And I, th I said we'll return in 2023, didn't I? Uh, we'll return in January of 2024, and we'll have an announcement soon, um, soon being sometime between now and the end of the year, because we got things going on in our lives, but please... Keep your eyes on the social media. You can find us all over the place. Go to betterpodcasting.com slash contact or come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And once we have that all worked out, we will absolutely let you know what that plan will be for January 2024. Looking forward to 2024. You know why? Why? Because then at the end of the year, we get to do another gear episode. That's right. <laughs> we got another one in about 50 some weeks or something like that. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. In the meantime, it's been fun doing both Better Podcasting Live Chat this year and Better Podcasting. If you haven't checked out Better Podcasting Live Chat, go back and there's some fun moments in there. There's some legitimate good moments for podcasting, uh, how to, to make your podcast better, therefore better podcasting. And there's some moments where, you know, Stephen is uh, not Stephen. So, you know, that's a good thing. <laughs> And also make sure you go and check out the Better Podcasting Chats with an S with SP. Check that out. They're all over on betterpodcasting.com. All three shows are there. I'm ready to start talking about gear. Are you? I am. And for those of you who don't know why we do this at the end of the year, let's just recap. We'll go down memory lane. When we started this Bill and Ted's excellent adventure there for you. I like this. When we started Better Podcasting, we always, well, not always, but often used to do arcs. So basically a series 
of episodes covering a certain topic. And one of the arcs that we did was all about gear. And we did this in our first year of Better Podcasting. And if you didn't know this, we launched Better Podcasting in October. So this was actually one of our early episodes of Better Podcasting. We wanted to do an arc all about gear. And so we ended up doing this arc where we covered the evolution of SP's gear, the evolution of my gear, and then some other gear discussions. And this arc came at the end of the first year that we did better podcasting and people liked it. People liked hearing about the evolution of our gear. So we kept the tradition going every single year, but we want to make sure to do this so people can see, continue to see how we evolve our gear. People sometimes are like us and just love to geek out about gear, but also so that people can understand that you don't have to run in, jump in feet first because you can evolve gear with time. It's not about the gear that you have when you're creating a podcast. Yes, it absolutely can help you a bit, but it's okay to start with a simple setup. And if as you go on, you feel some piece of gear might help you out, then evolve as you go. So that's why we continue to do this every year because some years we've had a lot of changes and others it's been like, oh, we're going to do our gear episode. Did we even do any gear changes? And then uh, every year there is something. So we're going to talk about our gear changes from 2023 to continue on that tradition. And hopefully you enjoy geeking out about some gear. The way we're going to do this is SP will start off running down his changes. Then I'll run down mine. And then we'll have a little bit of discussion about what we might have planned or hope to have planned in 2024 for our gear. SP, go ahead and kick it off. Well, one of the first things I did this year that I remembered anyway, was I bought a new mouse and you'd be like, okay, SP, what, what happened there? I mean, you have enough mice. Why do you need a new mice? I'm talking about the computer mouse, not, not a uh, actual mouse. And I have these Logitech M330 silent mice and they do have a subdued click to them. They have a nice wheel. Uh, they're wireless. So if you want wired, this is not going to work for you. But I've had luck using these over the years. And I have one in my travel bag. And I've used it so much that when I went on my September vacation to the lake, I tried to use the mouse and, and it, it wouldn't work. I'm like, what? what's going on? What's going on? Well, it's because it got dirty. It got dirty either in the bag or I had sticky fingers when I was using it or whatever. And I did the stupid thing. And I tried to use Windex to clean it off. So, yeah, that's stupid. What you should do if you're going to use anything to clean it is compressed air. But that didn't work. And this doesn't come apart as well as other mice have. You remember remember the trackball mice where oh, you yeah. just able to, you know, you know, pop out the little ball in it. This doesn't have any way to easily unscrew the screws or anything like that. So I couldn't get back in there and undo whatever I did. It worked well enough after it dried for a day that I was able to continue to use it for a couple of days. But that next day, I just ordered a new one and it was shipped to my house and it was at my house when I was there. And this is indeed that very mouse. This is the new mouse that I got. The old one I just threw away because it was not going to be salvageable. And there, I'm trying to remember about 35 bucks or something like that. And I really like it because it's got a, a good grip. It is a right-handed mouse. So if you're left-handed, you're going to have some trouble using it. But I use my mouse right-handed. 
So that's no big deal. I have a programmable mouse that I use in my home studio, and I don't take that with me. So the programmable or the silent mouse, the M330 Logitech mouse was the one that I used and on in my travel bag. And then I actually traveled again for work later on and I actually used it and it worked fine. So uh, that was the first thing that came to mind because I was having trouble. I was like, what did I actually get this year? And I actually, Stephen probably does this as well. And we probably talked about it before. I actually go into my gear purchases, you know, the online places, Best Buy, Sweetwater, Amazon, you know, wherever it is that you buy from. And I go in there and like, oh, yeah, I did buy some stuff this year. So, yay, I got content for the My Gear episode. Anyway, that was the first thing that I, I remembered. I like buying. the idea that you're struggling to remember what podcast gear that you bought. And the thing that triggers everything to flood through your memory bank is a mouse. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Good catalyst. Yeah. Yeah, and ironically, what I didn't think of right away was the microphone that you're hearing me through right now. If you didn't catch the whole story of what happened, Sure had a six-hour sale of, I forget what it was, 40%, 50%, 60%, something like that. It was a phenomenal sale. I did not have a Sure SM7B on my wish list. I've had a Sure SM7B before. I gave it away because it didn't work for me in my voice. It didn't work for the gear I had, and I didn't want anything to do with it. And that's when I switched to the Electro Voice RE320, and I've done many, many shootouts on the Better Podcasting Show, and it was never surplanted. I still kind of like it more for my voice than the Shure SM7B, but once we dialed it in, I resolved myself to continuing on for the rest of the year with the Shure SM7B. And it was just too good of a deal to pass up because ever since I gave it away, not that I wanted to use it, but I wanted to have it to compare other microphones to. I'm not a sure SM7B fan because of my previous issues with it, but it's still a good microphone. And now sure has evolved into a better microphone as well as this, which they call the classic so you can get a different version of it. They also have different versions as well, like the MV7 and the MV7X. So downgraded versions of this, but I wanted to see if a Rodecaster Pro 2 could actually drive this thing with my voice, which is softer and bassier than a lot of voices, which led to issues with me using this microphone before. So I bought it, it's on sale. I want to stress, I bought it. I wasn't given this. It wasn't given to me by sure. This is my own microphone. And I have enjoyed dialing it in. Like I said, not my favorite microphone still, but I have resolved to continue to use it through 2023. Though so it's November, another six weeks or so, and then I'll probably switch back. Well, I look forward to when you go back because the last time you went back, I... I think I actually favored you on that sure. Um, but but you know, that could have just been uh I was used to you. So I look forward to the next time you try to do the switch. Fresh ears. <laughs> the next thing that I did when I bought the microphone, I also, and we detailed this on live chat before, but I bought a new XLR cord for two reasons. First of all, I had had the other cord since 2014, I think. So it's it was going on. 10 years and the XLR cords do go bad after time. This was static. It was in the studio. I wasn't traveling with it, but 
I just didn't want to have an issue with the cord when I was trying to dial in a new microphone, specifically this new microphone. Plus, the way this microphone plugs in on the top, I knew it was going to be on camera, and I wanted that XLR actual plug to be black, not silver, which a bunch of them are. So I did get a new 10-foot Cable Matters cord, XLR cord, and that's what I'm using. I also have another new Cable Matters 10-foot cord, which I will be doing shootouts with in between the two into two different channels of the Rodecaster Pro 2. Unfortunately, the way the Rodecaster Pro 2 works and the way that I understand setting it up, I can't go back and forth between the two microphones like I used to. And that means that I will either be on one microphone or the other. If we're live, I won't be on both because it will pick up both and it will give both to the other end, Steven, and he will be hearing me in stereo. I don't know if that's necessarily bad, but I just didn't want to subject himself to it. So some limitations of the gear. Another thing that I picked up along the way, I actually picked up several of these because of what happened through the year, but we'll go into a failure which occurred of my uninterrupted power source or UPS. And this is a battery that kicks in and keeps your electronics running if you have a power failure in your house, like a brownout or a blip of your power or the power just goes out. And one morning, like early in the morning, I forget what, it, what time it was, all of a sudden just heard this horrendous beep, 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 and it just oh, wouldn't no. stop, right? So I came down here, I figured out it was the UPS, and even unplugging it didn't solve the issue until the battery completely ran out. So it was a kind of a horrendous morning. And I knew I needed a new UPS. So I ordered a new UPS from Best Buy that I could go pick up that day. If I recall correctly, we were podcasting that night. So I wanted to have some way to protect my system and still podcast because there was a planned storm that night. And along the way, I'm like, well... I don't know if it's the battery or if it's the UPS itself that went bad. So I'm just going to order new batteries and just see if that will fix it. So I installed new batteries into the original one once I got the batteries from Amazon and I put them into the UPS. It actually worked. So now I have my podcast stuff split in the desk here between two of them. I have the, I believe I have the computer on one and I have everything else on the other so that I distribute the power load and I get to maximize the amount of time I have before I have to shut down. And when you're talking the gaming computer that I have with the more advanced uh, power source in there, I think it's a 1500 watt um, power supply. And then all my other gear, I just want to make sure that I can shut it down in time to save the files if we're actively podcasting because we can always go back and we can keep recording or we can uh, record the last half on a new stream or whatever but those files they're, they're precious files right <laughs> so i just want to make sure that those precious files get saved so i ended up with two ups's on the computer desk because of that and okay uh, was it preferable? No. I mean, a new UPS is expensive. It was close to $300, if I remember correctly, because I get the 1500 
uh, sine wave battery backup system. But the batteries themselves aren't cheap, but they're not as expensive. I want to say like 40, 50 bucks, something like that for the two new batteries. And they are lead acid batteries. They're not lithium batteries. So I'm looking forward to be able to do a power bank with lithium batteries in the future. That'll probably be my next purchase there. Another thing that I picked up this year was a new set of Bluetooth headphones. Now, I don't use them when I'm recording, but I do use them when I'm editing and I'm re-listening to something and I walk away and then I just want to keep hearing it. Also, for convenience of other things, it's just nice to have these and be able to walk around. I went with the Soundcore Anchor Space Q45s, adaptive noise-canceling headphones, uh, they're not the most expensive ones, but they seem to be reviewed pretty well. And I previously had some Anker ones. They weren't transmitting as far as I wanted them to. And I kept on losing uh, connection, especially if I would walk into the kitchen when the microwave was going on, or if I was going into the coffee maker, which is placed in a coffee bar in the dining room. That's the farthest away that I can get in the first level. And I was just having problems connecting. Well, I bought these and I was still having problems connecting. And then I figured out that the antenna, the Bluetooth antenna, which is also the same as the Wi-Fi antenna on the computer that I have, it was, um, yeah, it was in between the computer and the UPS on the floor. So it was (laughs) bounded by, you know, electromagnetic interference. And as soon as I took that antenna, And placed it not only above the UPS and above the computer, but up on the shelf as far away from everything that I could. I get connection on both sets of Bluetooth headphones all the way to the edge of the yard. So I could literally (laughs) mow the yard and still listen to something that's on this computer here. But I I don't do that. I, uh, I use other headphones for that. But I did get that. And as far as how Anker has, I forget the model number of my older, uh, set headset but as far as their improvement on sound i kind of like the old ones better but they're bassier and maybe that's why i prefer them but the newer ones seem to be better it's got a usb-c connection for uh charging and the batteries last longer so from that perspective they have definitely improved so i got those and um also steven you know I record to SD cards. Do you? This is news to me. Yes. And not only did I get a new SD card holder for (gasps) all my SD cards that I've been using for the Roadcaster Pro 2, but I bought new SD cards to put in said machine. And I favor the Samsung micro SD cards. They're 256 gigabytes. They're just the sweet spot between space capability and cost. And I bought eight of those this year. I typically, I get just under two months underneath one card. It does depend on how much we're podcasting. Cause if we're doing three better podcastings a week, it's not going to last that long, but that's what I do. And they, they've costed anywhere on sale between like $12 to like $26 earlier in the year. They have gone down in price over the year. So, okay. It's, it's a disposable for me. I, I use them once. I don't have to worry about them breaking or uh, going bad. And then I get to keep it as a backup of all the recordings. At least 
as long as they retain the information because I know SD cards aren't forever. So there you go. Let me ask you this. Quest. How much has your SD card consumption gone up since you switched over to the Rodecaster Pro 2 because you can't disable channels? Not that as much as you think. Because oh, that's good. Be, because my old cards with the Zoom H6 were only 64 gigabytes. Oh, really? Yeah, so I've increased the size of the card that I use for about the same price, but I am recording more because it is 14 tracks versus like three on the Zoom H6. So I wish they would let you disable tracks while you're recording. That would be nice, right? Yeah, but they don't. And I realize it's a dummy mode to protect people that like me that would just forget to enable a track like I could still hear it, but. It wouldn't record that sort of thing. And there's no way on the Roadcaster Pro to toggle a track on and off with a button like you would on a Zoom device. So I kind, kind of sort of get it on one hand. And on the other hand, I'm like, give me an advanced option. You're saying that you've done this on Linux and you can go in and, you know, create new menus and you can update this till the cow comes home. Okay, then give me that advanced option, but they just haven't yet. Or at least not that I know of. I haven't looked at any new firmware download lately. So anyway, that's another thing that happened. And then another thing that happened this year was probably the most significant thing that happened to my podcasting this entire year. And that was, I got fiber internet. Yay! The very first day. So the guy came to my house and I had all sorts of questions and I was like, how we're going to pipe it into the house and that sort of thing. But we, we got through that, but the guy came to the house and he was a door to door salesman. And it was a courtesy because they had just literally put the line in and they had a door to door salesman saying, Hey, do you want it? And I said, yes, I do. But I have these concerns. So that was the easiest sell he had. Maybe not. I don't know. There was a lot of people that wanted fiber in my neighborhood going from either DSL or broadband cable. And so I got it in. I'm on the one gig symmetrical plan. I can get up to two gigs. I didn't think I needed two gigs. And to be honest, I haven't run into that situation yet where I would need two gigs, but I'm capable of going up to two gigs if I want to. But there were two issues when that happened. First of all, it's actually on the wall behind me. If you're watching the video version of this, you'll see a black curtain and that covers the window. It's on that wall, uh, kind of underneath that window. And it's not near the computer desk. Before, what would happen is the broadband cable would come in behind my computer desk. And I was able to protect it on the same UPS that I did for the computer. Well, that's a little bit too far away. It The, the cord was too short. And I really didn't want to put an extension cord on it because... They can go bad over time. And I realize modern cables that you buy in the store are probably not that bad, but I didn't want to put anything to chance. So I bought another UPS when that happened. It was actually the first UPS that I bought this year. And it was the same thing, 1500 cyber power, uh, pure sine wave. So that's back there. So I bought that. And then the other thing that I had to buy is because it was back there, uh, none of the cables, the ethernet cables that I had, would run far enough. And also uh, I needed to plug in. It was, it was just a male end of the plug and it wasn't going to get to my Wi-Fi adapter, 
which is on the desk over here. So I needed to do some way to extend that cord. Now, one of the ways that I could extend that cord would be to put in a switch. And Steven said, nope, we are not going to do that. So you're going to buy this thing called a coupler. <laughs> he said that because I didn't want to have to help you troubleshoot your internet and <laughs> thinking it might be the switch. And I thought, you know, you're right. I want to use the switch, but you're absolutely right. So I got this box of couplers because I couldn't get just one. It came in a box of, I don't know, 10 or so. And that, that's why I'm holding it up right now. It's one of the ones that I haven't used, but that that's what it looks like in an Ethernet coupler. You just plug in one Ethernet cord on one end and another Ethernet cord on the other. And this could go bad, but it's pretty easy just to switch to one of the other nine that I have. So yeah, that's that's what happened there. So the fiber, the Ethernet coupling, and the UPS, that all happened at once. And wow, what an amazing improvement. We're able to pull a lot better video of me. I'm not cutting out like I used to. Uh, it's a lot more stable than the cable, the broadband cable used to be. So it's been good so far. We'll see if that continues in 2024. There's two things that I super appreciate about you having fiber. Number one is that after the show, we've talked about this before, you always upload your file right away to me. That's what we've done it for years. And before I could always tell when you were uploading that to me because your quality would suddenly <laughs> degrade. We'd be streaming still and it would be like, oh, SP is uploading. And now that doesn't happen anymore. The second thing is um, I know how fast it is for you to upload videos and stuff because I remember when I went to Fiber as well. And and so I, I just appreciate that for you. <laughs> yeah, it used to take me over an hour to upload a 4K, an hour 4K video, which is roughly about 12 gigs. We'll just go with that. It used to take me over an hour to do that. Now it takes me two, three minutes. So it has been <laughs> a dramatic improvement in my workflow once it's uploaded to youtube that's where we store our videos for consumption once it's up there it takes some time for it to be processed because i i'm not one-to-one -one with youtube on how i have my videos encoded and how they like to display them but it is uploaded at 4k in an hour long video in a couple of minutes and then i'm like Ooh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first time I did it, it was like, no way. And yeah, it worked. I, I have no complaints about it whatsoever. So another thing that I ordered over this past year was not one, but two hard drives. So we'll get into it in a second. One of the, the first thing that I did is I ordered a uh, two terabyte S. SD and it's a two and a half inch SSD. And this is not the disc, by the way, I'm just holding it up that this is what they look like. It's a two and a half inch, um, black card basically. And it was two terabytes and I needed to increase the size of my working drive, my podcast working drive from one terabyte to two terabytes. And I just got the two terabytes, slipped it in, transferred the files and it worked great. I haven't had a problem yet, and I'm glad I did because I have been hovering about 1.2, 1.3 terabytes on the active files in there just because of the, the size of all the video files that I'm working with. So it was a good purchase, I think. The other thing that I bought was a new long-term storage three and a half inch internal hard drive 
it was a 20 gigabyte or 20 terabyte Western Digital Red Pro drive. So this was an important thing because I was running out of storage on my hard drive. I want to say I got it on sale for just over three hundred dollars. So that's that's what one of these drives is going for. And I went for the red drive because it's supposed to be the fastest. It's supposed to be the some of the I guess black is like top of the line, but uh, red is close to top of the line. Or maybe I got that mixed. Anyway, it was on sale and it was red or black, and that's what I wanted. And so I got it. And it took, I want to say the better part of a day to transfer stuff over. Cause I had a 12 terabyte drive before now I have a 20 terabyte drive. I have other drives in my computer case, but this is my local big storage. And one of the reasons why we like to do all our storage, like on one uh, computer is because of our backup system uses backblaze. Both of us use backblaze. So just the way the accounts work. It's easier to have all that data on one computer. And it's also one of the reasons why I don't have a NAS because I just put it on the one computer and it's all backed up to the cloud. If there's ever a fire here, then all that data is safe. And the amount of content that we've had over the past 10 years, it's good to know that at least it's safe somewhere in case something happens to me and I have something to cling onto and hug when you know I'm crying because I lost my house. So you know, that is one of the things that was important to up because I was, I was running, I think I had like 50 gigabytes free at one point on the 12 terabyte drive. So I definitely needed it. <laughs> and kudos to Steven for remembering that hard drive purchase because I did not remember that one. See, I pay attention sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the last uh, purchase that I made was earlier in this year. And it's because I was down to my last Gunna Geek leather coaster. These are something that we gave out. I gave out because Stephen wasn't there, unfortunately, at the podcast panel that our network did at C2E2 many, many years ago. And I bought like 300 of those. I gave most of them away. And I had some. I think, Stephen, you still have one or two laying around. I think I sent you at least yeah. one. Yeah, they're around. They float around. So, yeah. But I was like, hey, I need new leather coasters because I'm down to one. And often when I'm podcasting, I have a cup of coffee and a cup of water or a bottle of water or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, I need more. So I bought these leather coasters off of Amazon. Not the cheapest things. They came with a holder. I was also going to try to use it in my living room. But uh, the dog apparently likes to chew all sorts of leather, including leather coasters. So uh, that was quickly transferred back into the podcast studio here and uh, it's I'm using it right now and I'm putting my cup down I think you might be able to hear it but it's not a clink it's just a thud yeah that's one of the nice things about the leather coasters is that they do they're they're a little bit of coaster or mug silencing (laughs) Right. And you might think, you know, what are what are you talking about? A leather coaster is a podcast purchase? Yes. Yes. In, in, indeed, it is. It's, it was a I guess I could use a towel or something else. But yeah, I just use the leather thing. So that's it. That is what I have purchased in 2023 for podcasting. The microphone alone, I think, is uh, one of the biggest purchases, but it's not 
<laughs> wasn't the most money that I spent at all. The UPSs were probably the oh. most money that I spent this year. <laughs> Not to mention that new hard drive over there. So yeah, I did make some purchases for podcasting. Steven, I am excited to hear your purchases this year. All right. Well, I'll start off with a, a, a not really purchase, but I did play Mike Arm Roulette this year. And uh, that's because of something I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, I was on the Wave Arm LP last year. Then at some point, I ended up deciding that I wanted to try to go back to a Scissor Arm. Um, and so I went to the Heil PL2T that I had, was okay, went back to the Wave Arm LP, the Elgato Wave Arm LP. Decided to pick up an Elgato Wave Arm regular when it went on sale a couple of months ago. And it just just didn't meet my my expectations um, in a couple of re uh, reachabilities. So it went back and I'm back on the Elgato Wave Arm LP again, settled back into that. But I played a little bit of Mike Arm Roulette in my changes this year. And so I thought I should at least mention that. I think you should too. It was an important test for you to, because you were really into, I'm going to make this improvement for my podcast studio. And it turned out what you had was the best solution. Yeah. I'll keep my eyes out though in the future, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, I did it a sure SM7B as well, but I did it first before SP at a far more higher price tag than he did. I did decide to pull this trigger early on this year. I sold a couple of pieces of gear, including the Zoom H6 and an old Behringer mixer that I had sold both of those, put that towards buying this. And honestly, this was a long time coming. This is something that before I even started to get big mics or, you know, even mic upgrades. I, I did want the Shure SM7B to try and to have. And and I had many lunches walking through the local music store, looking at it, sending SP random price tags, things like that. So it was a long time coming and and I'm pretty happy with it overall. Um, You know, I, I think there's probably for an average hobby podcaster, probably better price points for a trade-off for the quality, but I do think that um, I have a new appreciation for it compared to when I tried it last time. And that's just because I've I've had more time to experiment with it, more time to get to know it. And so um, I, I do like it. And, and I will say that I do see now why there is some of the buzz out there about it. Now, is, is all the buzz warranted? No, I don't think so. I think that sometimes there's a lot of buzz out there just because, you know, People see their their favorite big podcaster using it. But I I do think that some of that buzz is warranted. But like SP, I also bought a new XLR cord for a couple of reasons. And this was because of the re same reasons SP mentioned. But also, I wanted to get a cord that would route a bit differently in my studio as well, accommodate the next thing that I'm going to say, which is I needed to get a clean preamp for the SM7B, because I'm using the Rodecaster Pro, um, possibly the Mixcast 4. I don't know how the preamps are on that, really, for this sort of microphone, but I do know that it's not sufficient for the Rodecaster Pro. So I ended up getting a uh, inline mic activator or inline preamp, and I started with the Fethead, had some terrible experience with that. Honestly, um, the one that I have, I don't know if it had, I don't know if it was bad or what, but the sound didn't sound very good. It sounded a little noisy, so I sent that back, and I ended up going with the uh, the uh, Dynamite, the SE Electronics Dynamite DM1, and that's the one that I landed on. But it's quite a large device, so in order to fit properly on the mic stand, 
I needed to basically have the cable come in on a right angle, which is one of the reasons I bought a different XLR cable. So it's got a right angle on it. So the microphone basically goes down with the, the inline mic activator. And then at the bottom on a right angle is the cable going out to the mic arm. So it all worked out in the end. But uh, those were the sort of the three things that I had to do or three things I made for the SM7B purchase. So a couple of things. First of all, you have the Rodecaster Pro, not the Rodecaster Pro 2, which is why you need the Fethead. Yes. You need the extra gain because the original Rodecaster Pro 2 preamps are not as good as the Rodecaster Pro 2 preamps. So that, that's one thing. Another thing, I wanted to ask you this since you didn't ask me because I thought you were going to ask me this. Do you have buyer's remorse now that the SM7DB is out? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because I haven't heard enough reviews about it. Um, I don't really think that I I need that function in there. Um, I guess, like, I don't know what the quality is of the in, in line or in mic preamp that's in there. I don't know if it affects it. So I, I, I don't think so. And I think it costs a little bit more, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. In the U.S., it's listing at $499 versus... I think the SM7B was routinely being sold for $349 at a regular price. So you're talking about $150 extra. I think the SM7B regular was uh, MSRPing at $399. So maybe you can say $100 more, but I regularly saw it for $349. Yeah, so I, I guess for me, because I you know had a separate solution already, I don't really... I'd like to stick with something that has been tested over the years. And maybe at some point I'll go, yeah, I kind of wish I'd had that. But at the moment, I don't. So, Okay. Another thing that I did was I changed my overhead lights for the studio here and, and mostly just the light bulbs. I started to have a couple of issues with the light bulbs that I had up there. So it was time to change them. Now I use smart bulbs because I like to be able to have a nice warm color in the day, a nice regular white while we're, we're recording. And so I had a couple of smart bulbs in there and uh, had a bit of issues. Um, and um, they actually looked like they were a little cracked around the housing. So that I, I don't know if that mm. was why. But anyways, I ended up deciding I was going to try to replace them with uh, new modern smart home technology with some some bulbs that were part of the Matter spec. Now, for those of you not familiar, Matter is basically a new smart home protocol. Multiple companies involved with the development. Anyways, they sucked. So they went back and I ended up just dusting off a couple of Philips whiz bulbs that I used to have on my backdrop when it was a physical backdrop. And I was like, hey, I already got them. They work. And so they're there now. <laughs> it was easy. Sounds solution. like you're having as much of a success with the LED lights that I have. I normally just go in and get uh, 600 or 6000K 100 watt equivalent, which I think is 12 or 13 watt. Uh, LED bulbs for the studio here. I don't do color though. You do color. So you do have an extra step with your LED bulbs that you use in your house and your studio. Yeah. And, and for here, it's because I really don't like the 5,000 K lights in the day. I don't, I don't prefer that color in, in a room. I prefer it to be more around 4,000. So I, I like that difference when I'm recording versus in the day to day. And that is preference for individuals. I do like the, um, I think they call it natural sunlight, the 5,000K or the 6,000K in that range. Uh, as it goes down, it gets more yellow. Would that yeah. be a, a uh, yeah, it's uh, more yellow for sure. and dimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
the other thing that I changed was kind of a purchase from last year, but it came into effect this year was my green screen. I've been recording on a green screen uh, since we came back from the hiatus last year. And before I had a cloth green screen that was suspended by a couple of stands with some custom 3D print uh, holders. And after a bunch of problems there, I decided that I was going to finally install a New Year uh, suspended uh, my, uh, proje projector screen style green screen. Basically, it's retractable. And the best way to do it, I, I thought of a whole bunch of different ways. And eventually, I just landed on I was going to put some uh, bolts in the ceiling, get some chain and suspend it from the ceiling. And that's what I did. And I'm so glad I did it. It's so much easier to put up and take down every every episode. And uh, we'll see how long that lasts. There's a couple of more mixed reviews out there since I bought it last year on sale. But for now, it's working. And I'm glad that I made that change. For the record, Stephen now has mounted chains in his podcast studio it's true uh i also consolidated my general setup this year i ended up going through a bit of change my prior setup i basically had a couple different positions one was where i worked uh and was operating basically day to day and then in an l-type shape to my right i had my podcast set up and that was essentially across five different monitors in an l fashion well this year i did end up upgrading my screen I ended up upgrading my monitor to a 43-inch, I believe it is, 4K monitor. And for those of you going, wow, that's huge. Well, do the math on 4K, uh, divide it by four. Basically, it works out to be about the equivalent of uh, four, I think it's 21-inch monitors that were running at 1080. Like if you were to take a quad of 21-inch monitors and add up the size and the resolution, you'd find it works out to be about that, that. And that's pretty much actually day to day how I do use it was sort of a quad fashion where I've got four different windows going. But sometimes it's not that sometimes I am working vertical where I have one window taking up a whole part or sometimes I do something a little bit different. And so I'm really glad I actually made that change where now I'm in facing one direction. I've got the 43 inch monitors with two verticals on the side, which are basically rotated 24 inch monitors and Above the 43 inch, I have a third 24 inch monitor, but I'm glad I made the change because I do find the flexibility is nice to be able to have that extra resolution to have that extra size when I run to get really granular on something like when I edit, I do full screen edit on the 43 inch and it's phenomenal with all the different window position. It's fantastic. And I'm glad I made that change. Um, the other thing that I want to mention is while I was doing an upgrade, I did end up uh, taking advantage of uh, prices that fell on video cards. And I did end up upgrading my video card this year to an RTX 3060 Ti. My other one was, I believe, a GTX 1080. No. Yeah, I think it was 1080. And there was just a couple modern features that were missing. And I'm glad I did that when I went through it, all, all the considerations. I couldn't really justify beyond the RTX 3060 Ti video card. At the time, the price just wasn't there for the features that I use. I'm not a hardcore gamer. I hardly game on it. And when I was looking at the features I needed, the price jump just didn't make sense. So I was comfortable with the performance that was there with the RTX 3060 Ti at the time. So that was sort of my general computer setup. So quite the setup change. Yeah. 
As far as the video card goes, I do have a 3070. I kind of wish I would have been able to grab hold of a 3070 Ti because like uh, two months after I bought the 3070, which was at the tail end of the height of the pandemic uh, video card shortage, I could get a 3070 Ti for the same price that I paid for the 3070. I'm very grateful for my friend who found the 3070 and enabled me to do the computer build it just happened to be if I would have waited a couple of months later, I would have saved hundreds of dollars on on the whole thing, not just the the card. Uh, it was hard to project and predict at that point. And it was just getting my computer was just getting long in the tooth and I needed a new computer. Uh, so from that perspective, I commiserate with the price per the capability on the video card. Like you, I don't game, so maybe the 3070 was the right choice anyway to make at the time. But uh, I did want a 3070 Ti, and I don't have one. Yeah, and I think you might just mean that for both of us, uh, when we get towards the end, the back half of the card, maybe it won't last us as long as if we had had that elevated option. I think I that's my guess. Yeah, I looked into, by the way, upgrading to the new four series, 4,000 series cards, and the price was just ridiculous when you got to like the 4070, 4070 Ti, 4080. It was like, why? Why? I could buy a car for this much. Well, maybe and, not anymore, but. Yeah, and reviews, reviews will quickly get you, get a lot of people to stop considering it too. So, well, that and the heat with the new uh, CPUs and these new GPUs and the fact that they're so big in the case, it just takes up a lot of spots in the case. And then you're automatically going to liquid cooling to just to try to keep up with everything because the airflow in the case normally can't. <laughs> so anyway, that's a whole computer talk. But yeah, when you get into building a computer for podcasting, that is uh, a lot of considerations to go into it. And price, obviously, especially for hobby podcasters, is like paramount. And uh, the way we podcast, we go with more advanced machines. You don't need as advanced machines that we have to podcast. Oh, the other thing that I should mention, actually, when I got the 43-inch uh, monitor, I ended up buying a tool called Display Fusion. It's a piece of software that runs on Windows and basically allows you to custom map different zones. Now, Microsoft does create something in PowerToys, but this takes it to another level. I tried the PowerToys version. This one's a lot better. Um, there's some more features, some more hotkeys, some some other things that uh, it, to me, it was the clear winner. And so I uh, I ended up buying that just so I can really manipulate the zones that I'm I'm working with 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 the windows that you can click windows into. And yeah, you exactly. can fully utilize everything to the uh, design that you want. Exactly. I, when I do custom like batch stuff or I'm, I'm intensely working on a project or something like that, I will manually uh, look at windows instead of just pinning them to the four corners or whatever. I will look at doing a display like that. And I keep thinking in the back of my head, there's got to be a tool that will just do this for me because I will want to replicate this in the future and not have to resize windows. Like, is this really, I can see a spot in between the two windows. It's not really all the space there or I'm overlapping windows and that just doesn't look right. So yeah, um, maximum usability for the screen space that I have. And we both have advanced monitors. Your monitor is better than mine, to be honest with you. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm jealous of your monitor. I always have been jealous of your monitor situation because you had six before you moved to this. Yeah, I think I said five earlier, but you're right. I think it was six, but that's that's in the past. That's not where we're living now. We're living in the here and the now, SP. All right. <laughs> and the last thing that I want to mention is I'm I I'm started my quest to a NAS style solution. Right. Um, contrary to what SP just said. Uh yeah. now now I'm gonna back up here because I did make the decision that. I was kind of decide, uh, tired of having to always increase a hard drive to, when I needed more space. And, and for the reasons SP mentioned, like I, I've been running that where all my storage was in one computer so that the, I could run back Blaze Personal and have it there. And um, if I needed more space, I was kind of out of physical space. So I ended up just replacing a hard drive with something bigger. Well, I decided I don't want to do that. I'd rather be able to uh upgrade in a more dynamic manner now this is going to be a two-step process for me so the thing that i've already approached is i set up i had i had a spare box sitting around one of my old computers that i used to use i uh set it up running um a, a windows basically just a windows machine that has all the drive stuffed in it that has a little bit more room and, and it's it's in my garage and whatever and so i did that and i subscribed to another uh account of backblaze so i am subscribed to two right now because i wanted to make sure that that cloud backup was still happening but i also wanted to get in the idea of uh before i jumped in i wanted to make sure that i actually had um the the whole network aspect set up just see how i was feeling about and everything so i have that all going and then the second aspect that will be happening is i will be abandoning that which will create a whole bunch of backblaze tr troubles for me I'll, I'll deal with that when that time comes. But you might have noticed over my shoulder over the last little while, there's been a computer sitting here on my desk. If you can hear me banging on it, um, that's going to be a proper NAS solution. That's going to be uh, running what's called true NAS. I've started to do some tests with it, but I really am just getting comfortable with it, doing a bunch of tests early on before I load a bunch of data up on it. I want to be able to turf it if I I, I break it or if I do something different. So once I do that, then I will get into that. And then, yeah, I'm going to have to really think about the backblaze thing, because once you get into something that is network or is um, Linux based, you can no longer use the black backblaze personal, which is a big cost problem. But I've got a couple solutions of of what might be comfortable enough for me. So we'll see. But those All are right. basically my changes. And uh, just going forward in 2024, I'll just quickly say that for me, I'm just looking for maybe finally getting that physical backdrop. I'd, I'd really like to get that established so I can stop the green screen. I can wear green again. I'm happy with the SM7B, so no real mic changes that I, I have planned at the moment. But I do need to look and maybe revisit my IEMs because my in-ear monitors that I use the cable is starting to need to be, uh, it's, it's getting quite worn, so I'm going to need to replace it. I went through this years ago where the cable got worn, and so I was able to get a replacement cable and keep the actual earpieces and just pop them onto the new cable. But it's a good opportunity to maybe look at uh, other options that are out there again, revisit. I might end up just with a cable like I did last time, because last time I bought Sennheiser IE40s, didn't like them, but... Uh, they're still around, so I guess I could give them a kick if I wanted to. And the other thing I might give a try again, which I've been saying for a long time, is actually getting back on the Mixcast 4. Give that another crack. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what that happens. I would like to replace my side monitors, which I believe are 22-inch uh, 1080 monitor, 24-inch 1080 monitors. I would like to replace them with 4K monitors. 
and if anything else, put them vertical and just deal with more space on the side monitors because uh, the windows, the information on just web pages today, very difficult to display all that on like two halves of a 1080 window. So I would like to progress forward into that if I get a sale on a on a pair that I would like. I will still plan on trying to get a RE20 microphone at some point. I don't know necessarily if it's going to be 2024 at this point. If there is a sale on them, like there was the Shure SM7B I am in. So if you know of a 40, 50, 60% sale on an RE20, hit me up. I will gladly be able to drop everything that I'm doing and I will go grab it. I have a 2018 iPad Pro that I got uh, renewed a couple years ago, and I said I was going to renew it in two years. A brand new iPad Pro is out of the price range for me for the money that I have available for that. But I really like having the iPad Pro. So I had always planned on getting a new renewed 2020 iPad Pro this coming January, February timeframe. And that is what I intend to do. We'll see if uh, pri if prices go up significantly more than they're at right now. I will wait a little bit longer, but that's what I plan to do. I do plan on exploring for a new podcasting laptop. This is for when I travel and largely because I need to upgrade to Windows 11 at some point. We talked about that on a live chat a few weeks ago. So I will be exploring the laptop options out there. I know what I want. I want one of those new laptops with the, with the bar, uh, the monitor bar that pops up. And I, I just like all the new th cool things, but I also realize that laptops like that start about $4,000. So I probably won't be heading that way. So I need to look at the space and see what's available. That's good for podcasting that can handle 4k video and all of the processing that i would want to do on it i will be exploring a little bit more of obs i finally got back into it a couple of weeks ago and i've used it a couple of times and i will be exploring using that instead of Streamyard as i go forward so that is something that i do plan on doing and combined with that i'm finally going to start exploring affinity which is the graphics program that i bought on sale and I would like to know how to use that. So I'll be dabbling with both of those. I can't promise that my production is going to shift to the, using those in 2024, but that's the intention is to get off of StreamYard or be dependent on StreamYard. Because StreamYard, I think I still will keep a StreamYard subscription, but I'll want to be able to do uh, other things on my own, including, remember when we used to do tutorials? I haven't really been able to do that ever since I dumped x split and i need to be able to do those again so there's that and then finally i will be on the path to exploring a new better podcasting co-host because you know the one i have just isn't doing all that great oh i'm sorry is that my outside voice I'm just trying to think uh, if, if I want to take the resumes or if you should. I, I'm I'm all here for this. I'll support this. Yeah, like finally get some time <laughs> off. Yeah, no, no, we're fine. We're so if there's been speculation that we haven't been doing as many better podcastings, we've still been recording better podcasting live chat. So yeah. we've still been doing some form of better podcasting. We don't plan on going away. We we plan on 
uh, continuing on with better podcasting might look a little bit different than what you're used to in the past, but we do plan on, on continuing. So I just want to dispel any rumor that Stephen and I are breaking up or that better podcasting is shut down or anything. So just stay tuned for that. We detailed it at the top of the show. I just want to hit that again. We do plan on reinvigorating better podcasting in 2024. So there you go. There's our gear for 2023. We would love to know what sort of gear things have you changed. Let us know podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come to our discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. And maybe in the new year, we will recap that. But it's time to go to a better podcasting download. This is the better podcasting download. All right. So we were sitting here going download, download. This is the year end. What we should do is cover something that is uh, reflective of a year of changes in podcasting. And we should pick one thing that is all to do with a big change in podcasting in 2023. And so the thing that we came up with was the fact that Google podcast is going away. <laughs> it's not, 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 no, no. Well, it's kind of related though. Kind of related. Kind of is. Yeah. is. No. So what we decided to do is we're doing YouTube and YouTube and podcasting. So like I mentioned, YouTube or Alphabet is getting rid of Google Podcasts in 2024, but they've made room to change things over by going with YouTube podcasting. And this is both on YouTube and YouTube music. And it's been confusing as heck if you have been trying to figure out exactly what they're doing because I don't think they know exactly what they're doing. I think what they want to do is capitalize on the fact that podcasting is becoming this wave of uh, content that people are wanting to consume and that they want their piece of it. And they weren't getting their piece of it on Google Podcasts. While they were a strong number two or number three, really number three, in podcasting consumption, Apple Podcasts is number one, somewhere between 16, 70%, and Spotify is a strong number two, somewhere between 15 and, and 25%. The rest is Google Podcasts and then a bunch of smaller, but they were a strong number three. They decided they didn't want to continue on with that. And for a lot of reasons that made it difficult to use Google Podcasts in relation to how podcasts actually work. They were crawling web pages and oftentimes they would just hit the wrong RSS feed. We've had problems with the Get a Geek show and figuring out which RSS feed that Google Podcasts was ingesting or whatever. So they tr they've said, okay, we're gonna ditch that. Most of our consumption is on YouTube and YouTube music, so that's where we wanna go with. Well, that's great. Exactly what is going on? Well, earlier this year, they said, we are introducing podcasts to YouTube and here's how you do it. You select a playlist and then you submit that playlist as a podcast feed. Okay. So it's not actual podcast. It's a channel on YouTube with a playlist. And then you're just selecting that playlist as a podcast. And then YouTube is going to pick that up and then say, hey, look, this is a podcast. All right. They also did a homepage of all the podcasts, which unfortunately were a lot of professional podcasts. So I didn't see one hobby podcast in the mix there as well. Once they made this change, so it's like, so not really podcasts. You're just wanting, you know, the big companies and you, and 
well, let's face it. YouTube is trying to sell advertisements, which is the basis of a lot of their decisions here. They're trying to monetize it their way, not the way that podcasting is trying to monetize through their various different means. So that was one way to do it. So you could either create a playlist yourself and upload a video file yourself, or if you happen to have a podcast media host that would do the same thing for you, a lot of times what they do is uh, you would put an image in there and then they would just create the video from that image and the audio from it. And then they would upload your audio podcast as that video onto YouTube. Okay. Um, We have concerns about that because it's not dynamic. It's not like a talking head. You're not actually viewing anything. It's just a static image. Not the best for getting into their algorithm, not the best for consumption, really. It does make it available to their search algorithm. But again, if people aren't going to engage or they're not going to listen to the whole thing, it's going to rank lower on the algorithm. So that was one way that they were going to do it. And then they said, oh, wait, 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 there's more. We are eventually, by the end of 2023, going to do RSS ingestion. So not you have to upload a video file or do it through your media host. You just give them your RSS and they will ingest the RSS. Well, there were issues with that as well. Uh, You can't have dynamic ads set in your podcast. So a lot of hobby podcasters, it's no big deal. However, if you do use the dynamic ad capability on your podcast media host for commercials, for uh what's going on in your podcast and you just ingest new things of, Hey, I'm going to be at this convention or, Hey, we're doing this special thing. Even people that are listening to old episodes, as long as that dynamic ad insertion was turned on for that episode in a place, you can ingest that commercial in there. So you don't necessarily have to be ad. It could be just an announcement for your show. So some people, even hobby podcasts do insert dynamic ads, But YouTube doesn't want you to be able to do it because they want to be able to monetize using their ad sales, not yours. So what you're giving up here is the ability to distribute to YouTube and YouTube music. And you're giving up Well, you're you're getting that and you're giving up the ability to insert your own dynamic ads. So it can be done a couple of ways, I guess. Uh, I have not seen this yet it's only limitedly available i have seen some screenshots of it and basically it works kind of the same as what you normally would do with another distribution site and you put in your rss feed and i guess they validate it and then you are now in i guess both youtube and youtube music i'm not sure how it works for youtube but i'm guessing it's really for youtube music and listening to the audio over there. I don't subscribe to YouTube music. I don't use it. I don't even use Spotify. I don't listen to music usually. So I'm not the best person to describe all this. Steven, I'm guessing you listen to music on an app. I just don't know what that app is. Yeah, I I honestly don't. <laughs> I have okay, to say, so I don't, you're like so, me. Well, yeah, okay. if I do, it's usually Sirius XM because I want to somehow justify that money. So <laughs> So you could do this one of two ways. Like I said, you can ingest your RSS feed yourself, or you could probably do it through your podcast media host. And the important part of that is some of them will then ingest the stats from YouTube, kind of the way Spotify was all those years ago, where we won't count them in your actual stats, but we will have them available in your stats. So you can have them all in one place. 
they won't be able to validate the YouTube stats because they don't use the same algorithm as IAB podcast standards. So you're not going to get a one for one. It's going to be a, at best a separate tab, I'm guessing, on whatever your podcast media host is. So there is that. And here is the rub there. If you ever change your podcast media host, I don't know what happens to the RSS ingestion, especially if it's different on your new media mm. host than it is on your current media host. So those are questions that I have and concerns, especially since I see a lot of people hopping from podcast media host service to hot podcast media host service these days because they think it's better or maybe there is a capability that's better on another one. Say they're going for, I don't know, Captivate to Transistor to Riverside to, you know, whatever it is, you know, they're, they're hopping back and forth because they see a capability that their current host doesn't have that they want to use. And that's going to affect things like this, where your RSS is being distributed through your media host to places like YouTube music. So I don't know what this is all going to look like this time next year. I just know that a lot of people are excited about it because YouTube is a big distribution hub. It's also a big SEO hub because people actually use YouTube to search for things. And as long as your keywords make it in and you make it into the algorithm, you could get additional exposure here. So I get the drive to put things on there. I just will continue to be very cautious when it comes to YouTube because of the vast amounts of content available that's probably similar to yours. It's going to be very difficult to stand out in that crowd. Yeah, one of the reasons why I was thinking this was such a big thing of 2023 is, is twofold. Number one, it answered the question of YouTube. Um, what was YouTube's position on audio content? Because for a long time, all the algorithms, everything out there, all supported that it was a bad idea to put your audio only podcast up there. Like that was just a that was just a thing that it was like you could do it. You might get some things, you know, it, it's highly weighted against you, basically. And now it's like YouTube's like, no, 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 we're getting into podcasts. That's what we're doing. We're getting it. We're, we're going to allow that. And so it, it became a more clear cut idea about what YouTube's thoughts were on podcasts. But the second thing was the, the more important thing is it made all the naysayers wrong. Like the the, re the bottom line is all of those who were saying, sorry, an RSS has to be existing to be a podcast and all, and all that other stuff. At the end of the day, things are determined by the consumers. And whether we, we like it or not, YouTube is the premier video site. That's, that's where you go for videos. There's huge just general understanding of what YouTube is and people using YouTube. So for them to get into officially under the YouTube banner podcast, it really helps push towards the idea that those who are, are feet stuck in the mud saying, no, yeah, got to have an RSS feed, blah, blah, blah. YouTube is not podcast. It really makes them kind of be like, look, you're stuck in the past. You're kind of wrong here. So another thing along those lines that I will say is something that's come up in 2023 is Spotify doing video podcasts. And I believe you have to actually host on Spotify for podcasters in order to have your video shown to uh, Spotify users. I'm neither a Spotify user, nor do I have a Spotify for podcast account, even for video. 
So I don't know what to tell people there. It will be something that we will watch. And if it's really worth it for 2024, we'll see if, if there's an appetite for consumption of video content on Spotify. One stat that I've heard later on in the year is that people usually listen to audio podcasts during the day, but at night they watch content more, whether it's YouTube or Spotify or whatever. Apparently, I don't uh, don't have the actual study right in front of me right now, but I have heard that. And I would actually agree with that. Like during the day you're at work or you're commuting or whatever, you're, you're exercising, you're doing yard work. You're going to be listening to stuff at night. You're going to be sitting down, especially with the demise of linear television and the increase in streaming content. I could definitely see that at night where video podcasts are now coming into a percentage of that consumption at night. So I don't have the answer for that. And I don't think you do either, Stephen, for 2023, but it will be something that we're watching in 2024. Also, I just want to say you don't have to have a video podcast. No. You can continue to have your audio podcast. You don't have to stream. I know there's a lot of people out there. Well, oh, I need to stream like Stephen and SP or Joe Rogan or, you know, you pick your successful video podcast. I need to be like them because that seems to be where all the engagement and all the consumption is. I don't think so. I think the vast majority of actual podcasts are still consumed audio. So that's at least where I stand in 2023. We'll see what it is 12 months from now. So we'd love to know what your thoughts were on all this YouTube stuff. Is there something that you thought was the bigger news? Let us know. Email podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. All right, we only got a few this week, but we did want to mention what some of the, the listeners' thoughts were on their gear over the last year. We did put a call out there asking what people have upgraded or downgraded or acquired, and we had a few responses, including your co-host, over on the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, Lauren told us that she got a silent computer tower, but waiting until I finish my current book to start using it since I don't want the sound quality to change halfway through. And for context, Lauren is a professional voiceover artist. And so I totally get what she's saying. You know, if she's recording work a certain way. You do equipment change. It can make things sound differently. And yeah, that would be, oh, I would not want to go through that. I don't have the specific model of case that she chose, but I do know it's a be quiet case. So it is a more newer advanced computer case. And I could see how it might change maybe some of the audio just because you're running through different USB ports and uh, you might end up changing things as you port things over. Like, I don't know if she's planning on taking her entire components and throwing it over, or maybe she's getting a new motherboard. A new motherboard might have a new type of integrated sound card on it or whatever. So I could see how this could in fact change her voice and how it sounds. And you don't want that in the middle of a project. So totally get that. Also, by the way, Lauren was affected by the SAG after a strike and the stop usage or uh, the stop workage, the work stoppage. And she couldn't be on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. talking about newer content. She actually got that affirmed this year through the union as it was going into its strike. So she just came back to the show this past week. Now that the SAG after strike is the work stoppage at least is over. So we're very glad to have her back on the show. So 
If you had been affected by the strike in 2023 as a hobby podcaster, that was probably big news for you. And uh, we commiserate. I definitely commiserate because I was affected by it on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We also had at Mike's Obscure or Obscure Mites get back to us. And he said, I wouldn't call it a downgrade or upgrade, but I couldn't fight my urge to go back to a mixer and am exclusively using the Yamaha AG06 MKII. And I remember when this mixer came out, it was like a huge innovation because like the preamps were really clean and it was considered to be a really good mixer when it came out. And I could see obscure mics who does microphone reviews wanting as clean as sound as he wants. But in this case, it's a little bit like those people that go back and listen to LPs and thinks that's (laughs) how the music is supposed to sound. Yeah, you know, when I sold that Behringer mixer, I have to say, when I went back and tested it all out, made sure it was all working, there was a level of like uh, nostalgia that hit me because absolutely, I, I firmly believe that an analog mixer has a different quality than a, than a full digital mixer. I've, I've not had a digital mixer that's felt to me the same sort of sound as an analog one. And there was definitely some nostalgia that hit me. I could see that as well. I did test mine out as well this past year before I sold it, my one of my Mackie mixers. And yeah, I was like, uh, I feel bad in letting this go, but it was just too big of a piece of equipment to keep around the house. <laughs> and I'll be selling the other one next year as well. We also had a response from at Deadset Pod. And he said, the only gear I've acquired this year was two curtain stands for the theater curtains in my studio. I do need one more stand to complete the room within a room, but I'm saving up for something heavier duty so I can use it for live comedy shows as well. And yeah, I, I, have you seen his set? Have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It is most definitely. And the last thing in our discord, we did have Wico Widow say that he was looking at the roadcaster duo. Now that the go XLR is basically not getting updated. Uh, uh, but he does go on to say that there will be have to be a serious markdown to jump on it. But he's always watching and or hoping hoping that one will magically show up on his doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? I have been looking every day at like Sweetwater and at uh, Amazon and B and H for any of the Roadcasters to go on sale, the Roadcaster Duo or the Roadcaster Pro Two, and I haven't seen one yet. Last year, I believe on the twenty second of December, there was a sale on the Roadcaster Pro 2. So I if you're looking for one, you might have to wait till the very last minute. It might not be underneath the tree to give out on Christmas Day if that's where you're buying. I, I realize people give gifts on other days than the 25th of December, but if you want one on set, because they are running at $699 right now, the Roadcaster Pro 2. And so if you want one on sale, you might have to wait for just the right time to order it. Well, that's going to go ahead and take us to the end of the show. Before we wrap up, we will just say thank you to everybody who's listened to this show. Thank you to everybody who's watched this show. And thanks to everybody who's just messages with us on a regular basis. We love the conversation about podcasting. We know that uh, the back half of the year, the schedule did get dumped on its head. So thank you for continuing with us. I do greatly appreciate that. And we look forward to being back in 2024 with more podcasting content. And 
I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll have to do another podcast. But uh, I, 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 I throw that out every year into the the universe, and maybe it will happen. <laughs> yeah, I have gone down the path of whittling down my podcasts over the course of the years, and I'll I'll admit the times that I only have two podcasts going or less are happier times for me, just because I have time to do other things around the house. And I always would prefer to be podcasting, but life is life and you just got to take care of it. So if you're doing six or seven podcasts a week, like I used to do, my heart goes out to you and, and it's a hobby. It's not your full-time job. If it's your full-time job, I would expect you to do a lot of podcasts a week. But if you're just a hobbyist, take some time for yourself, take some time for your hobbies, take some time for your family. If you have one, take some time with your friends and uh, take some time just to enjoy the content that you're podcasting about. So for episode number 283 of Better Podcasting, I'm Steven saying, may your festive season be festive if you celebrate it. If you don't, well, I still got a lot of lights on my house. <laughs> and I'm SP saying this weekend, the lights start going out on my house. So we might post some pictures later, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.